Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. This is the Recovering Car Dealer Live. You just listened to my recording. And uh, we're live in the studio, and we have a special surprise. We have Nancy Stewart. Uh, my partner in crime and my, also my wife and my uh, co-host, and she's been doing this show with us for 17 years, been out of commission for a few weeks with uh, a little foot surgery, and she's recovered, got herself a boot on to walk with, and she's just doing fine, so welcome back, Nancy Stewart. Welcome back. And we've got everybody. We've got uh, Stu, and we got we got Rick, and we're here live on a exciting time in our history uh, in the 21st century. Uh, First time I can recall, and I've been around since 1940, um, an international, a worldwide crisis. And uh, we're broadcasting live from North Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Jonathan reminded me uh, that we are an international, or at least a national show right now. People from all over the United States. I'm hoping folks from all over the USA are listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. We're going to try to bring a little normalcy back to your life. And we're not going to be talking a whole lot about you know what, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, we know what is, what's going on, and we know we're going to get through it. And uh, we know most of us are going to be fine, and we're going to be careful. And we're going to tr- try to keep our spirits up. So this, this show is about how to keep your spirits up and also keep money in your wallet, in your purse, when you're buying or leasing a car. Also, when you're maintaining or repairing a car. Now, fortunately, or depending on how you look at it, Unfortunately, car dealers are remaining open. I, I guess car dealers are considered um, an essential service, and certainly your car is an essential service. You need the car now uh, for all sorts of things. It, um, you know, it be tested for the virus, for one thing, to get to the doctor, get to the hospital, uh, to get to the pharmacy. Got to have your car. So uh, car dealers are going to remain open, I believe. I spoke with the president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association yesterday morning, and he said that all the dealers that he knows of are still open. And I've checked with the dealers of South Florida, and we have no notice of any car dealers closing. So they're out there. They're out there for you, and they're out there against you. And this show is to help you how to defend yourself when you go into a car dealership uh, to get uh, routine maintenance or a repair or to buy or lease a car, new or used. And we're here for you. We, uh, we, we hope that we have a lot of input from you. And we talk about that every Saturday morning, that your calls are the essence, the lifeblood of this show. We actually, uh, this is just not a gratuitous statement, we actually learn from you. I mean, I've been in the business for 50 years, and I'm learning things almost every week from you out there in radio land or YouTube land. i got to say Facebook land, cyberspace. Uh, 
I want to give you our contact numbers if you're new to the show or even if you have been listening to the show before but haven't written these numbers down. I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you to write these numbers down. Uh, you might have nothing to say now, but later on, something will come up from a caller or from me or Rick or Nancy or Stu. Uh, our call-in number on the old-fashioned telephone is 877-960-9960. You can call us at 877-960-9960. And we will prioritize phone calls because um, we don't want you waiting on the line a long time. And if you do, you'll tie up all the lines and people who call in won't be able to get through. So uh, callers are, we, you know, it's, it's more personal when you call, but uh, you don't have to. Uh, that call-in number again is 877-960-9960. And texting is really big texting because that way we build a backlog and Stu over there is writing your information down you know, making a log so we get to your text we get, we get to the text but not as timely as a call in but we we get to all of them next week we covered everything so our text number 772-497-6530 that's 772-497-6530 now, YouTube, we're, uh, we're, we're on YouTube. So you're going to go Earl on Cars on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Earl on Cars on Facebook. And uh, I think we're, are we on Twitter, Jonathan, or is Twitter down again? Twitter's down. Periscope is down, I think. But YouTube and Facebook are the biggies, and the text are there. So we're here to, uh, you know, answer your questions, to give you some suggestions, some advice. And uh, we'd love to hear from you at any time. Uh, Let's go around the, the table here, and uh, especially to Nancy Stewart, my co-host. Uh, she is the female advocate in the group, and last week, uh, in the other weeks when she's been out, we've had some female callers, but not as many, and she's a stimulus for all the ladies out there in the audience to call the show. Very important. Half of you are buying and leasing and maintaining and repairing cars, so you should be as interested or or participate as much, be a part of the show as the men. And Nancy has a special offer incentive for you uh, first-time lady callers. Nancy? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be back. Back with all of my co-workers, Stu, Rick, Jonathan. Oh, boy, I miss you guys. Uh, I'll tell you what. We are here to, well for a while create a diversion in your life a good one and i hope that you stay with us our next two hours and uh, for the ladies you're a real important part of the show because as you well know we are building a platform here for you because you are an important part of the show and uh, to sweeten the pot we are giving you first two na- lady callers fifty dollars if you give us a call this morning at 877-960-9960. And of course, you can text us with your questions if you uh, are a little bashful at 772-497-6530. 
And, and, there, and there's no strings attached on that 50 bucks. I think a lot of people say, no, nah, there's always this. Well, I'm a car dealer, so obviously they think there's a string. But this is an unconditional 50 bucks. If you're female, you haven't called the show before, you don't have to ask a question. You don't have to make an intelligent comment. You don't have to sing a song. You don't have to look at the fine print. If you call the show and you're the first time female caller, we're going to send you a check for 50 bucks. And that's just to stimulate your interest. You can just call and just give us your address. Yeah, call and give us your address. <laughs> um, yes, then absolutely. Great no. <laughs> idea. And uh, I am going to mention www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, Boy, do we love that. Is that the greatest thing that's ever happened? You can share whatever you want with www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Yeah, criticize us, insult us. can trace you. Exactly. So we take advantage. We can't find you. Even though you get make us mad, no matter what you say, <laughs> we'll never know who you are. That's right. It's like, it's like a whistleblower thing. You know, it protects you against, uh, uh, you know, re- retaliation is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And uh, we uh, have an exciting mystery shop this, this morning. Oh, yeah. The uh, last part of our show at a Rego Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. You got to go uh, a Rego. Fort Pierce. Yeah, and got I me, bra- got me brainwashed. You got to go where we go. Yes, absolutely I mean, what a right. Yeah. yeah, and we got an exciting video to go with it to keep your attention. Uh, so we'll move on. Yeah, let's move on to Stu because he is the spy master general of the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, this is arguably, I don't think that's even arguably, it is the most exciting part of our, of our show. And a lot of new listeners out there, as I say, we're nationwide. Uh, don't know what we do, and Stu can sum that up for you. Before I do, I, I want to say what Nancy's doing right now. I would never permit that at my dinner table. <laughs> foot up on the table. <laughs> Nancy has to keep her left foot elevated uh, so I it heals. Put it behind my neck. <laughs> but I'm really. I am, Je- Jenny suggested. Uh, uh, good morning, Jenny. Are you listening? <laughs> I believe you can because I love a, your energy. <laughs> you're a lot more flexible than anybody else in this room. I guarantee you. Better believe it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was worried about this week's mystery shopping report because uh, of the uh, global pandemic, and uh, yeah. yeah, the number one I was concerned about being having the mystery shopper being the only. Um, customer in, in the car dealer showroom because traffic uh you know foot traffic customer traffic is down in car dealerships and you know there's a certain uh, anonymity when they blend into the mass of uh of mm-hmm. customers in the showroom if you're the only one then there's a lot of attention on you so i was worried about that and then i was also worried about uh agent thunder you know how he felt about uh, uh going in and exposing himself because yeah, tell, tell the new folks about what the mystery shopping report yeah. is it's yesterday's news to yeah. our regular audience yeah, but yeah. the new folks so for those of you in um and other lands <laughs> we're not familiar uh, every week we send a um, undercover operative into a, a local or sometimes not so local car dealership they pretend to be a customer um, sometimes they respond to an ad that we've seen online or on TV and they pretend to go in and buy the car and tell the story about what happens uh, they'll send me a report I'll put a little uh, dramatic flourishes here and there on it to make it for good radio yeah I'm thinking about that too, but it's it's the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. We name all the names, we give the names of the salesperson, the manager, um, and all the details. Uh, the number one goal is we like to get the, um, the the buyer's order, the actual purchase order back, so we can kind of unpack and, and 
dig down and see all the extra hidden fees and all the other stuff that um, they, they don't advertise. Tell them the truth. Tell them why we know we're telling the truth over 17 oh, years. Yeah. Well, uh, we've, we've made a lot of harsh accusations in the last 17 years. We have accused big fat cat rich dealers of lying and breaking the law <laughs> and we've said that literally you are breaking the law yes um, if that wasn't true we would think that we would have gotten a letter from an attorney uh, been summoned to appear in court <laughs> well we did get a letter but it was yeah, only it was, a threat it was, yeah. it was stupid we've never been sued in 17 years yeah. libel and slander the truth is a perfect defense against libel and slander, and everybody knows that. Yeah. And that car dealer is very reluctant to go after us. I'm sure he gets advice from his attorney. I guarantee you, a lot of car dealers said, "I want to sue that blankety blank," and then, <laughs> then the sure lawyer says, <laughs> "Is yeah." The lawyer's going to say, "Well, was he lying?" And uh, and then that's when the conversations gets legal. And, you, and then he says, you realize that if you sue him and you lose, it's going to call attention to your dealership. And if you have a jury trial and, and with cameras, you're going to be the most embarrassed, humiliated yeah. car dealer on the face of the earth. So the attorneys It'd are talking to the car. It'd exactly. be a lot of fun for us. Exactly. Not a lot of fun for the other guy. Uh, excuse me. We're going to go to Bob, who's been holding patiently from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Bob. How you doing? I don't know. Did we lose Bob? Sounds okay. like we lost Bob. Bob, listen, if you're uh, listening, uh, somehow we disconnected you, and we would love for you to call back, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And my apologies. Uh, we'll try to pick up the call next time and not drop it. And anybody else, we'd love to have you call. And we were just uh, interrupting Stu there, and he was uh, on the, but we interrupt everybody on the show when we have a caller. Live callers take precedent. Yeah, so, but, but the other big challenge we had last week with our mystery shop report was Agent Thunder, who is our current chief mystery shopper, chief investigator. Um, he and his wife welcomed their new baby into the world last week, so he was kind of you know, hung, hung up in new parent land, so we were going to give him a break. So we tried to find... Um, another operative to go into the field and there's a lot of hesitation it, it's scary to do in good times and then i think the whole uh, the coronavirus uh, thing kind of scared him away too yeah so made a last ditch effort to get agent uh, thunder back out in the out in the field and he did it because he's dedicated and he did a great job and he went out there and um he was a little nervous because <laughs> yeah. not well, everybody you, you volunteered you volunteer to do it but you oh, know, yeah. you, your your face is known in the industry I had a baseball hat. Yeah. I, I, I came into work on uh, this week wearing a baseball hat, jeans, mm -hmm. very low-key. You wouldn't have recognized me, but I kind of wanted to do it. The undercover boss. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we got a good shop this week, and like we do every single week, and, uh, you know, it's like the, uh, the postman come rain, snow, sleet, hail, global yep. pandemic. We will be there in your dealership uncovering the ugliest of the uglies. Absolutely. Let's, let's move around to uh, Rick Kearney, and uh, you heard this in the induction, but Rick has worked for me for about 25 years, about a quarter century. Does that make you feel old, Rick? No, uh, being old <laughs> makes me feel old. <laughs> Rick, Rick is, uh, interesting about the thing about Rick is he started out uh, back when mechanics were pretty essential and basic. And Excuse me, Earl. Bob's back. Oh, great. Bob. Bob. Sorry we disconnected you. Have we still got you on the line? Bob? 
Oh, boy. Bob, do you have your mute button pressed on your phone by any chance? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll give him another shot. Yeah, uh, keep trying, Let's Bob. I, I hope it's uh, not our end uh, if we've had other people try to get through, but we've uh, somehow not been able to communicate with Bob twice. And I was just talking about Rick uh, having been in the business a long time back when uh, repairing a car was, by today's standards, pretty rudimentary. And uh, I would say intuitive. You could uh, open a car hood and you could identify the components. Rick, when he was a kid, actually, I guess, took a car apart or you, you helped, uh, used to used to do repairs with your father. And, yeah, and I worked on cars just as a kid, built home go-karts, you know, yeah. always liked work playing with engines and getting dirty and playing with the tools. And, and, and it starts that way. It shows how your, your uh, head is wired. You are wired with that uh, talent of being able to intuitively fix things. I was born totally without it. In fact, one of my famous uh, you know, sins in life is I, I take things apart and I can't put them back together again. And I order things that are not assembled and I can't assemble them. But you had this natural tendency and then it's evolved into uh, computer science because cars have evolved and they're so complex today. One of our biggest problems as a car dealer is to explain to customers how to work their cars. I don't mean literally how to drive it, but how do you, what's this button for? What's this switch? What's this touchpad? And they're so complex today, Bluetooth and you name it. Well, compared to cars of the past, going back to the 50s, I mean, nowadays cars are more like the space shuttle. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, if you look inside pictures of the, the cockpit of jet fighters and big jumbo jets, and you see all those switches and controls, yeah. and it, you're you're just like amazed by how much there is, you know. But that's almost what cars, what a car driver has to be nowadays is yeah. a pilot. Sure. You have to understand all those controls, yeah. and it's almost overwhelming. And I I like to tell folks sometimes it's best just take your owner's manual and read a couple pages a night and you'll you'll learn some really interesting stuff about your cars yeah. and what they can do now a lot a lot of calls to used to be and you know, we've been doing this for 17 years back then the calls were how to fix a car and so on and so forth today it's what does this mean on my car i get a signal mm -hmm. or how do i you know why doesn't my sound system work properly or uh they are very very complex we have so many safety components and items that uh that are integral and important that people don't even know how to use probably. So if you've got those questions, I think we have a caller. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to uh, Howard. Uh, hey, Howard, you on the line? Please be on the line, Howard. And uh, Bob, if you're listening, give us a call back. Sometimes we have, you know, a few technical problems. We can't problems, play Bob anymore. But we usually yeah. get through it. And Howard, the same applies to you. You're very familiar with the show. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 let me ask this how are the texts working they're coming in let's uh we'll start with some text now yeah and, I, I, uh, yeah i wanted to transition you were talking about the like the high tech how, how complicated yeah. the cars are and in this past week i had a text exchange with a listener um, I do get the text during the week. Um, usually, I will save the responses for the show. Uh, but I responded. Uh, uh, the text said, "Earl, is it possible to order a car without any of that modern technology on the dashboard?" 
I would like a car with only a radio on the dashboard. Um, or are you forced to buy a package whereby if you want a steering wheel, you must buy the package containing the GPS, et cetera. And I replied to him. I said, listen, that, that'll be tough these days. You know, most of the cars are coming up. You know, a basic standard car is going to come up with a bunch of goodies. Uh, there was an article that came out last year on U.S. News. I guess it's U.S. News and World Report. Um, it was the top, ten, top 12 cars for technophobes. And they least listed the cars that had the least amount of extra, like what they call infotainment um, equipment. Yeah. And so if you want to check that out, we'll put that up on, um, on EarlOnCars.com. It'll be the easy, easiest way to find it. You can click on the link and read it. But I do warn you, I read the article, and um, it's not low-tech. You're not going to find a, a car with an AM radio. <laughs> it's almost like uh, your cell phone. You know, when cell phones first came out, all you could do was make a phone call. Yeah. And now... These things are, are connections to the internet with millions of apps available. They can do everything. Yeah. The difference is it's you can still find a flip phone that does nothing but make a phone call. That's true. You Pretty can much. still find those. Yeah. So the response I got, this was from Joe. He says, that's an absolute shame. As an attorney, I think that's a case. Uh, by virtue of a class action, could some day be made managing all those tchotchkes on the dashboard or more, more distracting than texting while driving? Okay. Okay. Um, we're having a we're having a lot of mechanical problems here. We've had oh, technical side, problems. We got our phones aren't working, and now Nancy's headphones aren't working. That's okay. So we're in a global crisis. I'll move are, on to exactly. a, anonymous Remember, feedback. ladies and gentlemen, you can give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Except the phones aren't working, or but you can you try. Or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And let's remember, load up, let's load never up give the, up the ship. Let's load Back up to on. Stu. Let's load up on the text right now because we are having technical problems with the phone. And that text number is 772-497-6530, 772-497-6530. And we also have youranonymousfeedback.com. We usually get a lot of those. And uh, people just like the anonymity factor. And I don't think we have any now, do we? Uh, we do. We oh, do. That's oh, good. Yeah, we, we are they come in throughout the week. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> There's a couple of good ones in here. Um, so what was the date of last show? It was, it was the 14th, so we're good. I got like a week's worth of stuff here. Oh, great. Okay, so here's one. The unlock signal from my key fob seems to be getting weaker. Uh, I have to be right next to my car in order to unlock it. From far away, it doesn't work anymore. Are there batteries inside these fobs that need to be replaced? It seems like a sealed unit that cannot be opened. What suggestions can you give to me? As Rick makes his way to the back to his station, I can answer. Yes, there are batteries in there, and yes. they can be replaced. Yes, they can. And um, I don't think they're expensive. They're like those little watch batteries. It's not like losing a key. So when the batteries die out, I think it's a fairly cost, a reasonably cost yeah. item to, to get going. But Earl has a trick to extend the seg signal of your key fob. Yes. What is that? Well, I stole that. I must have Googled it. You can, you can amplify the signal on your key fob by holding it to your forehead or to your chin. And that sounds like a joke, but it's true. Uh, you actually extend it. I've proven it by measuring the distance from my car that I could activate the door locks. And then I would uh, reach the point Nothing. where I could no longer activate them. Nothing. I'd walk another 10 feet and I'd hold it to my head 
and open the door locks. It worked. Yeah. And so I think I got as far as 20 feet further than I could normally do it. I think I have a lower um, amount of conductivity in my head because mm -hmm. I can't get it to work. It's been that like that since you were like that since you were a child. Exactly. I was. Uh, they used to call me uh, Rubber Man. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe it's because you're taller than me. Could be. You got a broader broader signal. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, let's move on. We got another one here. <clears throat> this seems like more of a general, maybe a philosophical question. Uh, do most people with convertibles run the air conditioning with the top down? I think we did this before. Well, this is from the 17th, and today's yeah. the 21st. Maybe know. it could be. Maybe they it's asked it again. It's still a great question. Well, here's the question. There is no way of knowing. Yeah, I have That's a theory. That's a great question because there I, are more. I have a theory that yeah. that they do. I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think people leave the air conditioning on all the time, and I think people drive convertibles for the effect and the freedom mm -hmm. of openness in the air and the sun, and for people noticing them yeah. when they have their new Mercedes convertible and they're wearing their new sunglasses. Back in the late eighties, I think 80s. the air conditioning continues to blow. Feels good. And That's the way it is. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, in in the late 80s I had a 1971 Volkswagen Super Beetle convertible and I put the top down all the time but it didn't have any air conditioning well that worked so mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Okay. Uh, we got one. Oh, here's a good one. This is uh this is a great question because it it looks bad on us but I can answer this. It says I'm a Costco member looking to purchase a new Avalon. I went to Costco's Auto Proven website, entered my zip code for Palm Beach Gardens, but they recommended a Toyota dealer in Coconut Creek about an hour away. Now asking us, isn't your dealership part of the program anymore? If not, will you match the Costco price I obtained from the other dealer? So when we saw that, naturally we were concerned. We looked into it. Um, the way the Costco pro program works, the dealers choose which models um, they want to appear by pricing them according to the Costco pricing guidelines, and it's a really, really low price. Um, we will exclude certain vehicles that we consider to be a low demand, I mean high demand, low, low supply vehicle. In this case, the TRD Avalon is excluded from that pricing system because it's a um, that it's exactly that it's a it's a high demand, low supply vehicle. Um, that doesn't stay. That's not permanent. As the demand lets up, lets up on it, we'll price it normally and probably include it in the Costco buying program. Very good. Hey, listen, can uh, can Jonathan or Rick or somebody go back and talk to the guy in the control room and find out if he's just given up on the fact that people can't call the show? Or maybe they could call one of the uh, senior management people here uh, and find out why uh, people can't call the show and also why Nancy's headphones are not working. Okay, let's move along. We'll take another text now. And okay. you folks out there, I apologize. Uh, we had serious technical problems months ago, and we thought we'd got them all worked out, but we're back in... Uh, the talk radio show business with our phones not working, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, and, and I'd just like to say for a moment a warm welcome if uh, you just tuned in uh, to Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, we have a lot of amazing information for you, a great mystery shopping report, and uh, we're going to deal with this technical problems, and it should be, well, remedied very soon. And Stu has a lot of text messages that he'd like to share with us. Okay, this is another anonymous feedback. It says, these are crazy times for everyone trying to stay home and not go out. But sometimes you just need to get gas, go to the store to buy some food. So what precautions during this virus should I take when I go to fill up on gas at the gas station? That's a great question. I'll, I'll just shoot from the hip on this, and Stu and Rick and Nancy can jump in. But I think uh, the important thing is to 
don't touch things uh, with your bare hand uh, that uh, are likely to have been touched by a whole bunch of other folks, like a gas pump and buttons. You know, when I came into the studio this morning, Nancy and I came in, uh, I used a Lysol wipe to hold our pack up uh, to open the door. And I used that to push the elevator button, and I used the door handle to get into the studio. You might get mugged for that. Yeah, and I wiped off uh, the microphone and the buttons on the switches. So when you go into a, uh, any service, like a gas station, uh, if it's something you touch all the time at home, that's one thing, but it's something other people would be touching. They even recommend that with delivery of food and boxes, um, delivery of... Uh, when I got up my newspaper this morning, uh, I wiped off the wrapper of the newspaper on my hands after I took the wrapper off. You can either use the disinfectant to wipe your hands off after you touch a contaminated object, yeah. or you can, you can wipe off the contaminated object. Same thing holds true with uh, anything in your car, you go to a valet, you have a valet parker, or you take it to the service department of the dealership. Uh, at our dealership, we're wiping off the steering wheel, disinfecting it, and putting a, a wrap on it. But uh, I, you shouldn't trust anybody. I'd, I'd re-wipe off my steering wheel and disinfect my hands. Uh, any other comments, Rick? I would avoid trying rubber gloves, you know, like the surgical gloves and that, mm -hmm. simply because putting them on and off, you're going to be touching the outside surface of that glove with your bare hands then. So if they do get any sort of contamination on the gloves, trying to reuse them, you're going to recontaminate. Yeah. So the wipes are actually the best idea. Yeah, the rubber gloves, uh, I think, are for those people that are going to keep them on. And mm -hmm. if, you, if you're doing something, I had, uh, <clears throat> I had somebody come out the house the other day uh, and an outside service to come in. He was going to check the house out for, for a lot of things. And uh, he was wearing rubber gloves. And he walked around the house, and he was touching all sorts of things. And uh, he was there for probably an hour, hour and a half. And uh, I didn't follow him out to the car, but my guess is when he went out the car, he took his gloves off, probably threw them in a trash thing, and he probably disinfected his hands yeah. and went on his merry way. So, you know, if you think uh, about what you're going to do and how long you're going to do it, sometimes rubber gloves are a good idea. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. Gas well, stations, I think, you know, when you consider every public, you know, facility is has, has to be one of the most highly trafficked, you know, hand, concentration of hands. You know, you get thousands of people probably a day. Yeah. And there are some gas stations that are doing a nice, do, very nice. They're putting hand sanitizer and wipes out there by the pump. And um, I would encourage more gas stations to do that. The one I went yeah. to uh, on Thursday <laughs> did not. And it was... Yeah. Probably the nastiest looking pump I've ever. I'm yeah. not going to name the place. But well, that's why. Gross. That's why we carry uh, yeah, Purell yeah. in the car, oh, yeah. and uh, we we carry Lysol wipes in the car. And it's a good thing to do. Uh, Rick, you had a point. Uh, yeah. Also, the great thing about the wipes is not only are you avoiding touching that surface, but you're also killing any germs or virus that might be on that surface. Yeah. Whereas Absolutely. gloves, of course, would simply be taking a chance on spreading yeah. it further. Yeah. So the wipes are a great gloves. thing. Rick, what did the uh, guy in the control room say about the phones? Uh, phones are I operational. We're just waiting for calls to come okay, in. Okay, I'm going to call. be texting Nancy. Yeah. I'm going to call, and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Earl's doing a text, and uh, I can uh, read uh, them. Uh, give us a try again. I just got a text, and I'll tell you what, it's great to be back. I'm just uh, my usual multitasking uh, with everybody. Uh, but from the higher-ups here, I just got a text that... 
that uh, you can give us a call and we'll take your call successfully at 877-960-9960. And again, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget www. Your anonymous feedback. Yeah, this is Earl Stewart. I'm just calling in to see. I can get through so, fine. Uh, uh, we're ready to, put, to rock and roll. Okay, put the, put the call through and see if we can see it on the screen. Well, they're, they're working on the laptop. The program crashed on the laptop. Okay, we're going to yeah, test I'll, this. I'll, we're going to go to Dave in West Palm Beach. Okay, uh, I just uh, tried to test it. I'm not sure exactly what happened. but. Uh, Good morning, Dave. Good morning, guys. Oh, congratulations, All Dave. Right, Thank you. Dave. Just giving you a test drive to see if the phone line can work. And it's been giving us busy signals for about a half hour, and oh. now it, it rang, and I'm glad to hear it's coming coming across. That Thank is. you. Thank Welcome you. Thank back, you. Nancy. Welcome back, Nancy. Welcome back, Nancy. She's having a headphones problem, but oh, Dave says welcome back. No oh, thanks, Dave. No headphones. You bet. Listen <laughs> up. Gas stations. Okay. Um, I, uh, I walk a lot of dogs for people, mm -hmm. and uh, so we uh, use a lot of hand wipes, and we use a lot of vinyl gloves, and you can't find any of those in the stores right now. Yes. And um, <laughs> I use dog poop bags. There's plenty of dog poop bags. Single use, go to the gas station, slip the glove on, put or the, the bag on, uh, pump your gas, Get all finished, turn the bag inside out, and throw it away. Great idea, Dave. Thank you. That, that's what I mean about callers being so important. I'm going to do that. I hadn't even thought about that. Wonderful idea. Yeah, we can still find dog poop bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, listen, I hope your phone lines stay up and running because... Uh, I do, too. I, I, can feel, I can feel how frustrated you <laughs> Uh, you're a great, you're a great guy and a great caller, and what a wonderful idea! And I'm going to repeat it just for the folks that might not have heard it. He, Dave walks a dog a lot. He has these little doggy bags that you use for the when the dog goes to the bathroom, and you <laughs> pop it in there and throw it in the trash or take it home, whatever you're supposed to do. And you can use those doggy bags and stick your hand in the bag, and you operate the gas pump. You op you open the door. You push the elevator button. All these things, because you can't buy the Purell and the and the disinfectant wipes. They're sold out. Uh, a little little trick I had was I ordered a huge uh, multi-gallon <laughs> jug of disinfectant with my idea that I would make my own disinfectant wipes until I read the directions on the bottle. Is that how you got those and chemical said, burns? And, and it's exactly, it said, wear a mask when you, open <laughs> when you open the bottle. So I'm back to plan B, but Dave has given us plan B. Thank you. You know, you know something else, fellas, boys and girls? Uh, there are other things around your house that will work as disinfectants. Uh, I mean, just household stuff. And if mm -hmm. you mix up a, a spray bottle Rum. with the right proportions of bleach and water or vinegar and water or That's even, nice. be careful, ammonia <laughs> and water, uh, you can, it'll go a long ways to help keep your, uh, your car, your steering wheel cleaned up. Mm -hmm. uh, I, what I heard for suggestions on that, though, is not to wipe it off, but to, to, oh. but to mist the air and let it air dry. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, you know, we're practicing our safety as much as we can, but you, like you said, we can't get some of these products in the store. Great idea. Dave, what, what's your background? What are you, uh, you have a scientific background. What is your 
Those are two ingenious ideas that I haven't heard anywhere. I'm a dog walker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm retired. That's great. I, I moved to Florida in 2008 uh -huh. and uh, got bored. I couldn't go fishing every day. Uh -huh. So uh, I started walking dogs. And I, I not only love it, but I get the sunshine and the vitamin D, which is also very important right now. Yeah. Uh, I get the exercise. Uh, I've called the show a number of times. I'm, I'm that fella from California that used to have the, one of those tune-up franchises for, that uh, Atlantic Richfield used to run. Oh. And um, I have called a couple of times. Well, we appreciate but, uh, it. Well, okay. you're, uh, I hope your phones keep working, fellas. I do, Dave. Thanks so much. I can't tell you how much we appreciate those suggestions. They're all great suggestions, and uh, I'll be repeating them throughout the show because, you know, in spite of the fact this is early on cars, everybody's got the coronavirus on their mind, and I haven't seen in the newspaper or heard on television your, your uh, suggestions of using a doggy bag to put over your hand or creating your own disinfectant with a little bleach and water uh, around the house because you can't buy the Purell and the Lysol disinfectant wipes anywhere. So, Dave, have a fantastic weekend, and thanks so much for the call. 877-960-9960. We think our phones are working now, and for those of you who have been waiting, 877 960 9960. We're going to go to Bob, who's been holding. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling back. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, I called last week and spoke about a problem I had with my brakes uh, where they failed to operate, and I was involved in an accident. Uh, no injuries, but the car was smashed up pretty good. Um, and I got a letter this week from Toyota. Uh, as a result of their examination of the car, having spent, uh, sent a technician out to uh, examine the car. I'm told by some of your employees that he was uh, working on the car for four or five hours. The result of their letter states that uh, there, there was no problem with the brakes. Um, the brakes worked for them. Um, and uh, they implied, well, you must not have press the box the brake breaks hard enough i checked that yesterday morning after i got the letter mm -hmm. and you don't have to touch that brake that hard to know that some reaction is taking place in the braking system mm -hmm. so i i'm sorry i don't agree with them well i i i don't but i mean there's nothing that can be done but uh you asked me to call you back so I told you what I found they said was a result of their examination. Well, Bob, uh, I'm glad you did call back. Brakes are not something uh, you got to be uh, can be careless about. What I'd like you to do is when you have time and ASAP, because brakes, uh, you know, this could be something serious, uh, love to have you, if you could, uh, bring your car in right away uh, to the dealership. I'll give you a car to drive, and we will keep your car until we fix it. And uh, shame on whoever looked at your car for as long as they say he did and said there was nothing wrong with it. I, I, I take your word for it, and uh, we need to have someone take a hard look at that, and you will have a safe car to drive until we fix it. And my apologies. Well, that's very nice of you, sir. I appreciate that. I didn't expect that, but that's very kind of you to do that. Well, we will, uh, we'll alert the service I, manager. And, uh, Rick, uh, will you be back at the dealership after the radio show? Uh, not today, no. Okay, well, you can tell Glenn who will be in. 
Actually, Glenn is going to be there today. Okay, Glenn Ballard, if you write this name down, Bob, Glenn Ballard, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. He's a second in command to our service manager who's off for the weekend. Glenn Ballard, we will alert him. Uh, Rick will text him during the show to expect you. We will give you a no-charge loaner, and uh, we will fix your car. And I'm so sorry that you got this runaround. Hey, Bob. All right. Um, I should say that I appreciate that very much. Um, the other comment I will make about the car, one thing I am happy about, is that um, one of the other problems I had with the car from the time I bought it uh, was a kind of a rough-shifting transmission. And uh, he did fix that, I believe. It, it, it runs much more smoothly now. Good. Now, you'll have a chance to test drive it, perhaps, or, or Mr. Ballard or somebody, and, and you can evaluate it. But uh, it is much better than it was because I know reading a consumer reports, uh, the evaluation on the, on the Camry has been that the, uh, it's a little rough shifting. It's not terribly smooth. Mm -hmm. and, but now mine smoothed out a great deal. So I, I thank them for that anyway. Sure. Well, thanks for saying that. I'm glad we are able to help help the transmission, and we will fix the brakes, too. You have my word. And uh, 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 give us a call uh, next week, and or give us a call before that. I'll know after I talked to Glenn this morning when he uh, uh, looks at your car, what the status is, and we'll be sure to okay. keep on it. Have a fantastic well, weekend. That's... Thanks again, and uh, my apologies. Rick is waving at me. Yeah. Uh, Bob, can you give me a quick rundown again on the, the, the timeline of what occurred when the accident occurred? Um, you said the brakes didn't work? No accident. There, there, was, there was no reaction from the brakes when I pressed the pedal. Uh, oh. Nothing happened. The car kept rolling. And, and I pressed several <clears throat> times, and nothing, and nothing transpired. And this was on uh, February 1st, I believe. Yeah, February 1st, uh, well, six, seven weeks ago now, okay. on Saturday. And, and, uh, and I, hit, I hit another car. Oh, you did? I didn't realize that. Did, did the airbags deploy? Car. No, they did not, because was, I was backing. See, when I backed out of the parking spot, I was wanting to go forward. And usually what I do is hit the brakes, get the car stopped, and then, tr and then move to drive. Well, before I could do that, the car kept rolling back. It wouldn't stop. So I kept rolling back, uh, concerned with that, and I lost track of what I should have done was to look at the monitor, which would have told me I was approaching this car, and I hit him. I didn't damage him too badly. Uh, I was told by your body shop that my damage, what they might call moderate. But they did an excellent job. The car is perfect now. I'm very pleased with it. Okay. Uh, and I, I think I got, you know, the, 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 the parts of transmission smoothness, I think that's been worked out pretty well. But, and the brakes work fine now. But again, and I had this happen in, with an 08 Toyota too, same thing. And it's just random. It, it's the luck of the draw, all of a sudden you hit the brakes and nothing happens. Okay, Bob. Um, yeah. Thanks very much for the call, and we're on it, and uh, Glenn Ballard will give it his total attention. And when, when you get to the shop, just ask for Steve Goldberg. He's the acting service manager today. Right. Oh, good. Uh, he's, he is my service manager anyway, or my, my contact there anyway, so okay. I'll talk to Steve. Hey, we'll text them both. So we'll, doing that today. They'll be expecting you when you come in, Bob. Very good, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Stewart. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Give the us phone. a call toll-free at 877-960-9960.
We'd love to hear from you this morning. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think that uh, Stu may have some. I do, indeed. Okay, here's one from a funny guy. Isn't it time Toyota brings back the Corona? (laughs) For folks who don't know, I think the Corona was a pre- was it a predecessor to the Toyota Corolla? Oh, everybody's on their phones. Times we live in right now. The Corona <laughs> was <laughs> somewhere back in the 70s. It was it. And it, it was just one it, of the models. It that, coexisted with the Corolla. Yeah. Well, actually, Corona was one of the uh, earlier Toyota models, very early model. Okay. All right, next one. Um, oh, this is a great question. Um, what is a reasonable amount to put down on a lease? So we've been talking about these ads we've been investigating all the time about the big down payment. Um, Sir Earl, what is a reasonable amount to put down if you're going to lease a new vehicle? Well, I think a reasonable amount is zero. And uh, leases were created for the very purpose of being less cash out of pocket. And they evolved into a money machine for the car dealers because they found out they could lure you in with high down payments in tiny, tiny fine print. Right. In fact, I... Uh, you know they cap you on the amount you can put down? Yeah, and uh, this, is, uh, this is what I use when I read the advertisements <laughs> and the old-fashioned magnifying glass. I had to use it on, you know the, what I do? on the Arigo. I take a the, picture with my iPhone and then I zoom in. Exactly, but no, <laughs> I, if you want to lease a car, um, you should uh, put as little out of pocket as possible. Here's, um, t- just to add to that, um, when you are getting a lease presented to you, you got to ask. Well, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but um, when you, at the end of the day, after you've leased the car, given them a down payment, made all your payments, paid the disposition fee, everything at the end of the lease, that's going to come to a total, and you can get that information before you sign on the dotted line. So get that total: the total amount amount of payments, the total amount of down payment, the dealer fees, anything else is you're going to have out of pocket, mm-hmm. and you're going to have a number. And then you can compare that alongside a purchase. And you might be surprised at the end of the day, if the dealer is trying to take advantage of you, you might be coming more out of pocket on that lease than you on a, on a finance purchase. Yeah, I love that. That's, yeah. that's a lot easier than you know, thinking of all the different variables. It's, Just have one total. It's, it's easy to find on every lease contract. It will, sh- it will say the total number of payments. Yeah. It, it, it adds it up. And also, if a dealer is doing a good job, and we don't see it that often, I believe that the like the Truth in Lending Act requires you to put the total amount of payments in the fine print, and uh, and we obviously we don't see that because we look at these ads all the time. But uh, that, but you need that information to make a good decision. Okay, phones are working. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We'd love to hear from you, and the text uh, is working because we are getting text. It's seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Can we tell if we have any incoming phone calls? Uh, no, uh, not at the moment. Uh, Jonathan or, is uh, sending me the calls. Uh, oh, okay. In, uh, no calls. Eight seven seven. I'll give it out again. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. My apologies to those that tried earlier in the show. Um, you had a busy try. signal, and now the phones are working because we've had. Bob and Dave call, and the phones are working, 877-960-9960. And we'll go back to some texts that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, I'm going to go to our Facebook Live video page, Ooh. and we have comments and questions coming in. Andreas, who is a longtime uh, viewer on Facebook, says, for the shopper looking t- 
for a car with a simple radio, there is an option. An old car revived to be nearly new again. Florida's Florida ba- Florida-based Revology and California's-based Singer vehicle design um, takes old cars and they rebuild them in their classic fashion with new materials, as well as some new tech without going overboard with the in- infotainment. Wow! It kind of reminds me. Have you seen? There's a story going around. There's a contest. You can win a. It's like a 1968 Porsche 911 with a Tesla powertrain in it. Wow. So it's got the body. It looks like you're tooling around in, in a 60s era vehicle, but it's uh, all high tech, four motors, all electric, no transmission. Now we have on our showroom floor at our dealership, and for those of you who don't know, uh, I call myself a recovering car dealer. I'm also a current car dealer, but this is not an infomercial. Uh, I like to say that the reason I am glad I'm a car dealer is I've learned all the tricks because I used to do them myself. But I digress. I have a 1937 Pontiac on our show report, which was the first car my father sold in 1937, and it's on my Toyota showroom. And wouldn't it be, we couldn't do that to yes. that car. We, we, yes, we, let's do it. No. Let's electrify it. You mean, but it's original. It's the original. An unused car is a useless car. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a beauty. Uh, we're going to go to Dario in West Palm Beach. Welcome to the show. Uh-oh. Good morning, Sorry. Dario. Hello. Hey, Good Dario. morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, yes we do. Okay. Um, I just got a question for you guys. I have my three, about three tundras from you guys, and I always, um, I'm looking forward to get a new one, but I keep waiting for a new model, or like, um, is it Toyota going to come out with some kind of hybrid, or some kind of, like a hybrid model Tundra, or yeah, you at, guys know? Yeah, Dario, see, Toyota's made um, a number of pronouncements over the years that their goal is to go to have an electrification of every single model, including the trucks. And that doesn't mean an all-electric. It means hybrid, all-electric, possibly even a, um, a fuel cell. But uh, there are plans, but we don't have a date. We don't know when it's going to be. I do uh, know that I think we're getting a 2021 uh, Tundra um, remodel. Um, I don't believe, and it hasn't been announced, that it would be hybrid. But we're seeing other manufacturers going that way. Obviously, the Tesla Cybertruck has got a lot of attention and it kind of opens up the possibilities what you can do with how strong and how much torque you get in electric motors so i would be surprised if we don't see it in the, in a few years but i couldn't tell you exactly when okay yeah i guess i mean all recently i just got a travel trailer and i mean my tundra the one i have right now is a 2008 mm-hmm. and one of the issues that i have but i guess i think they they corrected it with a newer one the gas tanks on this one that I have is a 23 gallon. So when I pull a trailer, you know, I have to keep it stopping every 200 miles to like refill. Um, on the newer model, I believe the gas tank is bigger, isn't it? Uh, that's a technical question that is completely lost on me. But Rick might be able to tell you the fuel capacity of the current ones. I'd be surprised if it was, Rick. Um, I would have to look up the, the spec on what the fuel capacity actually is. But I okay. doubt they're going to change it much. They they usually like to stick with a, you know, one standard size as they're going along with them. Are you, okay. Are, are you looking to see if the hybrid's going to have a bigger tank? Do you say? Um. Well, no. I'm I'm just saying like the ones right now, the one in the like the 2020 model. Mm-hmm. Do they have a bigger gas tank? The one I have mine is a 2008 model. 
and it seems to be the gas tank is kind of small. It's about 23 gallons, I believe. So well, well you stop. You stop this on. We we don't know the answer to that. I, I intuitively I, th I said I don't think so, but I'm not sure. But we will. Uh, Are we talking about a future model or the current model? Future model. Yeah, um, that's no, a, that's the, a tough. The current one. model. The current model right now. Yeah, well, oh, the current model. I can look on Toyota.com. I'll give you. A, he has a 2008. I'm looking that up right now. Uh, right, well, right I'm like, well, um, upgrade my truck. Yeah. And, but I haven't, you know, decided should I do it now or should I wait and see if they come out with something new. Um, while you're looking, I would like to while, have a hybrid too. while they're looking it up, uh, the thought occurred to me that with gas prices down and likely to go down much further, uh, you know, we're looking at gas under two dollars a gallon. We could be looking at a dollar a gallon when you yes. look at oil being in the twenties, yeah, which is historical low. Yeah. So uh, I, a, a lot depends on what happens. Uh, you know, in the world today. Rick, uh, I mean, uh, Stu has a answer, I think. Yeah, the standard fuel tank is it's 26.4 gallons now, and then uh, the the limited and the platinum, these uh, crew maxes are, these are all crew maxes, by the way, 38-gallon tanks. Yeah. So they're getting smaller. Oh, yeah, you see. Mine is a crew max limited, and, yeah, I got about 23 gallons. So the new what the are the, model um, actually is bigger. What is the uh, gas mileage rated on yours with the higher, bigger gas tank? Um, what do you mean with that? What is your MPG rating? Um, I think it's about 17 right now. Okay. The, I mean, this, I don't know how much this offsets it, but there's a, you know, intersection point. The, the, uh, the combined is 18 miles per gallon on the new one, so it has a little bit better rated gas mileage, so maybe a smaller tank doesn't have that much of effect. But don't know. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, guys, and I really like your show. Thanks, oh, Dario. Awesome. Thanks, Dario. Uh, Thanks. Did you know that... Uh, Gas is uh, 99 cents in Kentucky. No, but it doesn't surprise me. It's going on. Uh, uh, we're, we're in a whole new thing now. Everything is recalibrated. Uh, this impact, if, uh, if it remains with the price of oil uh, being so low, uh, gas prices will be down below a dollar a gallon. Yeah. And this whole electrification thing and hybrid thing could be affected. Uh, it's all about uh, cost of operation. And... Uh, if you can fill your tank, you're going to see a proliferation of uh, trucks and vans and SUVs. Uh, gas tanks are getting smaller and and or maybe bigger. I don't know what they're going to be, but uh, you're not going to have a big push for electrification if gas is like it was back in the 1950s. Certainly not then, but we had a really really low dip in gas prices. It wasn't like in 2009, 2010. Yeah. It got down really cheap. Um, our inventory manager, I'm going to have to let her know to go look for that cheap gas. She's a, she's a remote worker, online worker uh, up, up in Kentucky. So. Yes. Okay. Oh. Um, you want to get a text? or? Yeah, text, yeah. All right. So this is a good one. This is kind of in the coronavirus theme. Um, the texture is Karen. She says, I use essential oils as a disinfectant. I just put some lemon oil or tea tree on a spray bottle, um, and that that works. Um I did look that up. I gotta just. I do have to kind of dispel that. That's that will not be an effective disinfectant against any viruses. Um, I'm not sure it would work on bacteria either. Just um, it's probably best to get something with something with alcohol or bleach or some, some of the recommended. I would just say go on the CDC website and see what's the most effective way. Um, but I would be really really uh, suspicious about the uh, uh, essential oils. Yeah, I think Clorox is readily available if you want to buy it in bulk. And uh, you probably have some around the house anyway. 
Uh, and I think if you look at the directions and just add a little Clorox to water, as Dave, our one of our earlier callers, I'm going to repeat two of his ideas uh, that I just think are ingenious and almost like, duh, why didn't we think of this? Uh, Dave is uh, retired and he's walking dogs now, uh, is a you know part-time job or whatever, and. Uh, the little doggy bags that you have to use when you're walking dogs, little plastic doggy bags, uh, you stick your hand in it to pick up the dog poop, and then you reverse the button, the dog, and tie it off the top and then dispose of it later. And those doggy bags are re readily available, and um, maybe they won't be readily available after, after everybody hears this, because yeah. yeah. the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is order a thousand doggy bags, poop bags, on Amazon. Yeah, you better and, attempt to. And, and you carry that in your pocket, and every time you want to open a door or push an elevator button or uh, hit a keypad. You know what I hate? I was in Walgreens the other day, and they still want to give me, means they give them their phone number. I don't do that. So I can hit that <laughs> dirty keypad with all the coronavirus on it. And they don't even have Purell or a hand sanitizer. No. To, for, to use after you hit the keypad. You know what? This, this is funny. So for the last 20 years, they've asked me for my phone number, and I go, nah, I don't got it. Yeah. So finally, to, to, to stop, I finally I relented, and I gave them, I set up the thing. And then they asked me the other day, and I just looked at them. I'm like, you're mine. I just go, I don't have, no, I don't, yeah. have, I don't have a rewards account with you. Shame on Walgreens. And then I use Apple Pay, so I don't have to touch anything. Oh, great information. Uh, that Clorox is real tough to come by. Uh, also, Publix is doing a deep sanitize process on their carts. Yeah. So that's a great thing. And also a great thing that uh, Laurie, she's not a first-time caller, but she's on hold, <laughs> and uh, she's calling us from uh, West Palm Beach. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning. How are you today, Nancy? Hey, great. Nice to hear from you. And very good speaking with you. So I have two questions. One is from my daughter, who would have been a first-time caller, but she's very shy. <laughs> so her question is, she has a 2008 Hyundai Elantra, and the lug nuts on the front of her car, um, on her tires, heat very high. And she's wondering if you guys know a reason for that. And now that I'm asking the question, I'm wondering, how does she even know that her lug nuts are getting out of here? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> I check them after every drive. Right. <laughs> that is her question. Friction. Uh, actually, the number one reason is that a front-wheel drive car, the engine and transmission are literally about a foot away from those wheels. They're creating massive amounts of heat, and they're actually connected physically by way of the axle and all the suspension components, so that heat is going to transmit right up to the wheels. And the other wow. cause of heat there are the front brakes. Every time you step on the brakes, you're actually converting the kinetic energy of the moving car into friction to slow the car, which creates heat energy, and that's dissipated through the wheels into the air. Hmm. Oh, okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Would that have any bearing then? on the tires like to me like what you're saying then i mean maybe my question is stupid but would that like soften the tires or have any wear on let's say the air pressure or anything like that it'll cause the air pressure to actually increase just a little bit two to three pounds while you're driving 
but it won't cause any damage to the tires because they're they're made to handle it. Yeah, they I, have a. They probably have specifications on heat because at mm -hmm. higher speeds uh, they get pretty warm and maybe even hot. I don't know uh, if you're going 100 miles an hour uh, during the summer on 995, which you shouldn't be doing. I bet your tires are awfully, awfully hot. They do. They'll they'll get quite quite warm. Uh, matter of fact, that's why race cars their tires wear out so fast because the tires literally heat up to the point of almost melting. Okay, wow, that's hot, hot situation. Okay, my question, um, is this a good time to buy a car? I'm in the market for a car and I've been holding off. Um, is this like an ultimate time to buy a car? I'm thinking maybe, you know, with people not spending money, maybe finance rates are down right now. Mm-hmm. Lori, I think uh, you hit on something that just occurred to me when you asked the question. Uh, the best time to buy a car is when the dealers and the salespeople are hurting. Want to sell a car real bad, <laughs> and right now, uh, floor traffic into we call it the customers coming in is dropping off. We're seeing it in our dealership. All the car dealers are seeing it. A lot of them are remaining open because of the service department. Uh, it is an essential uh, service to keep people's cars running, and uh, we're shortening our hours. Other car dealers are shortening their hours, and salespeople work on commission. And if a salesperson is used to selling 15 cars a month, and now he's only selling four, he wants very, very much to sell one. With that said, you should be ultra vigilant when you buy a car, <laughs> because that hunger and high desire can also bring on uh, uh, deception and uh, people you'll be lied to you'll be but if you do your homework and follow the guidelines of Earl on cars and uh, are very very careful you can get a real good deal on a car today compared to uh, three months ago and I'd, I'd also like to add that we had um, information given to us by our Toyota distributor to expect unprecedented incentives coming at the other side of this whole crisis because they realize every manufacturer is going to realize that there's going to be an, an enormous amount of pent-up demand, people that put off making a decision, and they're going to want to get that share. So whenever things get mixed up, a, a, a car manufacturer wants to get a bigger share of the sales, and they're going to they're gonna put a lot of rebates, low interest rates, a lot of reasons to make you choose that manufacturer. And, Laurie, um, I have to uh, tell you that, you know, knowing what you want before you walk into that dealership is uh, pretty important. Also, don't hold back on the questions. Ask anything and everything. It's all important. And uh, it's a great time to buy a car. It's also a great time to be very, very careful. And Rick? Right. So you made a point to me. Am I better off waiting for those incentives and rebates? Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's two ways to look at it. Today's better than three months ago, but as Stu said, uh, it's taken a little while for the manufacturers to jump on the incentive bandwagon. When we buy cars as a car dealer, we buy cars from the manufacturer, uh, they can vary the price just by giving us what they call dealer cash. So let's say, uh, let's say a Honda dealer has got a lot of uh, Accords in stock, and uh, they're not selling, and he paid uh, an average of uh, $25,000 each for those Accords, Honda could today or tomorrow say, 
we're sending you $5,000 uh, cash, dealer cash, re rebate incentive to you so you can help s uh, sell those cars, advertise more. So his essential cost goes down. I think uh, the way this corona crisis uh, thing is going, if you waited some a few days, if you waited uh, two weeks or 30 days, you'd probably get an even better deal in 30 days yeah, than you would today. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to do that. I've waited thus far, and I'm going to do that. And before I go and get my final car, before I make that ultimate decision, I'm going to do my homework, and then I'm going to come to Earl Stewart. Oh, thank you. And I'm going to get that out-the-door price in writing. <laughs> thank you, Lori. You know what, Lori? Oh, no, no matter where you end up being a smart negotiator, well, what an advantage you have. I don't care if you're purchasing a toothbrush. Uh, at any rate, uh, I want to extend our $50 to uh, your daughter. And uh, if you could please send me her contact information, I can get $50 out to her. Oh, well, that's so kind of you. I really appreciate that. She can use it in these times. We Very watch good. out for the shy ones. We, well, we take care of the shy have ones. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> you too. You too, Lori. Bye-bye. Thank you. At the risk of not, Thank we you. don't want to make it look like a commercial. Um, we're not the only one, but there's, try to see if you can get, um, you know, during this and you're not comfortable going to a showroom, see what you can accomplish by doing as much as you you can online like if you can get a, avoid your time in the dealership yeah. so if you can get some prices online you can still everything we talk about on the show sending out m multiple emails getting multiple price quotes you can do that from your home so you know Laura, when you said coming into the showroom you don't even really have to do that and, and some dealers even allow you to buy 100 percent online uh, roger Dean chevrolet today in the palm beach post front page on the lower part of the front page, we deliver anywhere in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I think the car dealers are, are they, they'll do anything to sell you a car. And uh, uh, as Stu said, you can conduct it if you're careful, a uh, purchase of a car totally online. Just be sure that when you buy the car, that if it's not the way it was represented, that you 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 don't have to take it. You yeah. want to. Uh, the the one bad thing about paying it. and doing everything online is that. You want to be sure when you finally see the car that you can get out of the deal. Otherwise, you yeah, can just get like it. Amazon and or Zappos, you send yeah. it back, no questions asked. Exactly. And also, did you hear what Earl said? Dealerships will do anything to sell you a car, so it's so important that you trust your dealership and you trust your salesperson. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, we've got that fabulous mystery shopping report. It's, uh, well, so elegantly written by the famous Stu Stewart. Rick had a point earlier. Yeah, you had mentioned the idea that the, the salesmen are hungry because of low traffic. Service departments are going to be the same way. Good point. And all repair shops are going to be the same way. So You're exactly now's right. the time where you really need yeah. to keep your eyes open, uh, consider second yeah. opinion, second estimate, yes, and really make sure that you've got a shop yeah. you can trust. I think we have another Let's caller go. here. Yeah, we're going to go to Howard. Uh, he is a regular caller. He lives in Jupiter. Hi, Howard. How are you? Welcome back. Thank Pleasure you. Pleasure hearing your voice again. Oh, thank you. Okay, here's my question. <clears throat> uh, car production. I heard that uh, they're not producing cars anymore uh, like they did before. You're What's right. What's the story on that? 
Well, it's just, it was largely from the United Auto Workers, I think, and they pressured the manufacturers. I don't think they had to pressure them too far because uh, they uh, are wondering about operating in full production when in the face of a world crisis, and uh, it's unprecedented times. So uh, you're right, all the manufacturers closed down. I think uh, in many cases there are large pools of vehicles available in dealer inventories in case of distributorship and distributor inventories. And uh, there may even be some manufacturer pools of cars available. I don't think there'll be a car shortage. I think that uh, at the hint of the economy being revived, the uh, manufacturers will crank up again. But yeah. it is a little scary. I've never seen this yeah. since I've been a car dealer. where. Everybody just stopped building cars. Yeah, Toyota made an announcement that they were going to shut down for just two days um, later this month, and they extended that to 10 days. So Toyota is going to go completely dark on the assembly line for 10 days, and that will amount to about 75,000 fewer Toyotas produced. Mm -hmm. And in all likelihood, it's probably going to get extended beyond that. Yeah. So. That's, uh, uh, but right now there are uh, cars available, and that's one of the reasons they quit. There's too many cars available in dealer inventories. We have a text I have from one more question for Rick. Uh, uh, Rick, uh, why did they change um, front wheel drive? Why did they change the rear wheel drive to front wheel drive? I used to have a rear wheel drive and never, never had any maintenance done to the uh, the rear axles. So, uh, can you explain why most cars now are front wheel drive? More control. Uh, it's actually better control because you get basically a, a less moving parts. You've got a much smaller unit of the engine and transaxle up in the front now. And cost, they decided, hey, front-wheel drive was easier to produce. You know, there were, I'm sure there were many, many reasons. But uh, personally, I think if you really want the best option, I would look at an all-wheel drive car anyways. Yeah. When the, when the front-wheel okay. so, drives... Uh, 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 yeah, up north, I think front-wheel drive is much better because... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you have snow. By the way, there's no snow in New York uh, City uh, this year. It's very strange. Hmm. Um, and I remember uh, big snowfalls, and I had a rear-wheel drive. I couldn't get out of the uh, snow mile, but uh, a friend of mine had a front-wheel drive, and he was able to pull right out. Yeah. Yep. Well, even in the rain down here, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I my dad's going to get mad at me here, but I used to spin out in intersections all the time. I had a mm -hmm. rear-wheel drive uh, Celica Supra, and if you accelerated too fast and the road was slick, you could. this yeah. was in the days before traction control and stability control, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty scary. That hasn't happened to me in many years. Yeah, the perfect car is a four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, mid-engine. A perfect balance, and that's the ultimate car. And when we have all-electric cars, I guess, you know, whenever the ultimate car, it'll be all-wheel drive, uh, mid-engine. Yeah, because you could put a motor at each wheel or a motor front axle, motor rear axle, yeah. and have your battery in the middle. You'd have beautiful balance then. Yeah. Are those batteries in the um, uh, electric cars, uh, are they been really uh, tested uh, to last, uh, you know, let's say five, six years? Uh, I'm talking about the all-electric uh, car like the Tesla. Yeah, I, I think the last five or six years, I think it's a uh, big problem is, is the holding charge so for for mileage and uh, the the breakthrough that is going to really make everything go all electric right away will be once they break through about that 500 mile uh, range if they can if they can break the 500 mile range they're very close to it uh think about it 
um, you don't have any reason to have a gas-powered car if you have that kind of range. Yeah, so what's going to happen to the uh, oil industry? What's going to happen to uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabia? I'd, I'd be a wealthy man <laughs> if I knew <laughs> right, if I knew the answers. I heard someone the other day said, and I this is this is going to sound political, but I can't help myself. Said somebody should, Donald Trump should call the uh, the, the the king of uh, Saudi Arabia, MSB, and and say, listen, uh, raise the price of oil, or else uh, we're going to cut you off. No more money, no more arms, no more weapons, no more assistance. We're not going to protect you. Raise the price of oil, or else, and hang up on him. And I I, I like that. It made a lot of sense. Okay, very good. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. Nice to hear from you, Howard. We're going to go to John from Palm City. John is a regular caller, and we would certainly miss him if he didn't share his time with us on Saturday morning. Hi. How you doing? How you doing, John? I'm doing well, thank you. You have a very deep voice this morning. <laughs> I don't think this is John from Palm City. <laughs> this is another John. <laughs> John from Palm Beach. Yeah. Listen. Oh, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so young. First, first time yeah. caller, long time uh, fan of, of listening and uh, acknowledging how much you have given back to the community, not just in the car business, but in so many other ways. Thank you. I, I compliment you for that. Uh, my question is, um, a few years back, to add to my fleet, I went and got one of your anniversary uh, Corollas. I think it came in a couple, three different colors. And I got the burgundy or blackberry, whatever you guys called it. It was a great little car, except it didn't have a power seat. And when I gave these out as loaner cars, courtesy cars, if, if one of my clients, customers, friends uh, needed a car to replace what was being worked on, um, the constant complaint was, that it didn't have a power seat. And for whatever reason, I guess, to keep the price down, uh, they offered this wonderful, wonderful car that was with no power seat. So I went and I called the uh, local Dodge store because they had come out with this renaming uh, or reusing the name of the Dart. And they advertised during the Super Bowl and other places that it got 41 miles a gallon. And so I said, I'll just get one of those and add that mm-hmm. and uh so i called and i called several times and they didn't seem to have any of those 41 mile a gallon ones so i i kept working up the chain and kept leaving my number and i said i don't care if it's a stick an automatic whatever i said i just need the one that's in the ad well obviously they don't make that car <laughs> lo and behold I get my auto week or car and driver, whatever I was getting. And they do those those little road tests after a few months and mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit longer. And the two different road tests that I saw from two different uh, publishers both said the same thing, 27 and 31, 32, 33. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, the local Dodge store wanted me to be on the 310 to Yuma, and I don't mean <laughs> the, the one that, not the one with Russell Crowe that crashed, but the one with Glenn Ford, Vera Miles, and Van Heflin in 1952. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, you want pay. But my, my question is, 
as, as some comedian used to, or Carson used to say, is, is there a question in here somewhere? But anyway, <laughs> uh, and we do have a mutual fan, a friend, a very generous guy, uh, uh, Barry O'Brien, and uh, he, he deserves a call out. He and his wife have given back so much mm-hmm. to the community. Um, my question is, how, how did this get by EPA or whatever the authority is that they can do that advertising? They were obviously trying to compete with Toyota and everything else, but at the time, the, the benchmark was 40 miles a gallon, and, and nobody did anything about it. Yeah, it, it, John, it's a... Resources. It, it's, just, it's just a lack of enforcement of the laws we have on the books. Uh, we, I, I think about that every Saturday when I go to the Mystery Shopping Report, because almost <laughs> w- without exception, there are laws being broken. And uh, our attorney general, state attorney general, the local uh, enforcers, uh, there's so many people out there that could take action, regulators, but for some reason the car dealers have immunity. I think it's just the, the money and the power they have. You know, car dealers uh, are very wealthy people. They make a lot of money. There's a whole lot of them. They have extremely strong organizations, state and national. And, uh, you know, you've been around a while like I have, and you know how people get elected. They get elected with money. And uh, it's it's a kiss of death to a car dealer to, uh, to come after a car dealer and prosecute him. And the attorney general won't do it. Uh, I've been doing this show through probably four attorney generals in, in the state of Florida. And not one of them has had the courage to step up and charge a car dealer with anything serious. Occasionally, there'll be a warning or a threat. But you're exactly right. It's a... Uh, the answer isn't more laws on the books. The answer is enforcing the laws we have. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. We hear can you hear me? We hear you, yeah, yeah, we hear you. Did I did I drop out, or can you hear me now, John? I think we have it's a... It's like a Verizon yeah. commercial. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm here. Okay, okay good. So are we. But anyway, uh, you're absolutely right about... Uh, the regulators not enforcing the law. They they should uh, far more. Today in the mystery shopping award, you'll see a couple of violations. This particular dealer we mystery shopped, uh, you know, uh, did not uh, do full disclosure on what he advertised. The price was far less than you could buy the car for. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And it, it just seems like, you know, just as you said, the, the, the power that they have in, in Tallahassee. I mean, that's yeah. why we have no state in you're right. John, John, you mentioned we had a mutual friend, uh, Barry O'Brien. Uh, we almost yeah. asked Barry O'Brien to do the mystery shop. Yeah. We were having, earlier in the show, we were talking about with the coronavirus thing and people being afraid to go out. We had a hard time finding a mystery shopper, and our mystery shopper uh, was home because his wife had just had a baby. And Stu was thinking about suiting up and going out himself, <laughs> and he had a disguise already. And uh, I said, why don't you call Barry Bryant? Because Barry told me, he says he, he loved to volunteer. So, Barry, if you're listening, or John, if you're talking to him, tell Barry we're going to give him a yeah, shot one yeah. day. He knows the business. Yeah. yeah. He, has, he has a lot of time on his hands. Selling and buying with Barry O'Brien. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much and, and, and for the way you guys do this. Set the example for everybody. Thank you, John. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Thanks, John. You know, his talk is uh, about Tallahassee, the, the lobby, the car dealer lobby in Tallahassee being powerful is, is true. So I agree with, uh, you know, designating automobile service departments as an essential service. 
you get into a little bit gray area on the new car showroom, and they are included in the essential businesses. So I I guess you can make the argument if someone's car completely died, they would need a replacement car quickly. But I think it's probably more a function of FADA saying you better include, you know, the car dealers in that Mm -hmm. if you want to get reelected, Governor DeSantis. Yeah. What's Uber and Lyft doing, by the way? I haven't heard. I guess they're still operating. Yeah. I mean, that would be an essential service to transportation, yeah. Okay, we're going to go to John in Palm City. The real John. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, John in Palm Beach. (laughs) Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Good morning to everyone. Welcome back, Nancy. Thank you. I was always a a big Chevrolet fan, and it was kept pretty quiet. February 21st, they made the last Chevrolet Bel Air um, in that Detroit plant. I always pronounce it's Hammer Track plant. And also the uh, Caddy CT6. Now, the plant is closed. 800 auto workers, United Auto Workers, were laid off, but 753 of them were offered relocations to other plants or buyouts. But here's the good news the plant in Michigan, Detroit, is being converted to EV production. Oh. They're spending $2.2 billion investment in wow. that plant. Wow. And they're going to go all out on electric vehicles. Including, by the way, a new Hummer again. They oh, proposed yeah. model like of a it. Hummer yeah. of a pickup truck, a oh. thousand horsepower, eleven thousand five hundred pounds of torque, zero to sixty in three seconds. Oh. Almost sounds impossible. I'm getting one. Wow. But oh. <laughs> but the good news is a total renovation of the plant, and only EV vehicles will be produced. By oh. the way, this last Chevrolet Belair, it was a gold car with gold trim, and it was immediately sent to the Detroit uh, Heritage Collection. That, you know, the last, some people are crazy over the first and last of series. Sure. So, but it was kept pretty quiet, and like I say, I always loved Chevrolets. I learned to drive at a 55 Chevy. Mm-hmm. That was the first year of the V8. Actually, that was the 50 millionth Chevrolet that was produced, and um, I've had them through the years mm-hmm. and uh, always had good luck with Chevrolets. Yeah. Back in back during the eras, uh, you were either a Chevy guy or a Ford guy, and yes, uh, and exactly. It was, and if you that's right, <laughs> Ford again instead of the movie Ford versus Ferrari, it was Ford versus Chevy. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, racing, unbelievable, both cars, one more powerful than the other, and that was the first year with the Chevrolet when they put the uh, V8 in it, yeah. and it was uphill and uh, horsepower race from then on up. That was one of the most difficult things Toyota had was to shake the Ford and Chevy truck guys because you were born to buy Chevy trucks for the rest of your life or born to buy Ford trucks, and Toyota was considered the uh, villain, you know, the evil people from across the sea. And, and a joke when it came to trucks. It I mean, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had good, long-lasting running trucks, but nothing to compare to the big Fords and Chevys. Exactly, yeah. That's changed. But still today, the Ford F-150 seems to be the most popular truck on the road. Still is, yeah. I think I think it's the number one number one selling vehicle. vehicle. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, look forward to the shopping report. And Thank you, John. I appreciate the call. Their fleet business. Thanks, John. Hurt. It was nice hearing oh. from you. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty or you can text us seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And we're coming up to the mystery shopping report soon. So stay tuned for that and stay with us. 
Uh, I have a, a text that I'd like to get to, and it is from uh, Mary in Dallas. And uh, she is asking about the recent recall uh, for the Lexus and the Toyota. Uh, it seems that their engines are overheating or catching fire. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Mm. Who knows the details on those particular recalls? Do you know on the, uh, the uh, th there was something about... Uh, I know we have the um, fuel pump issue, and then fuel pump is what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I don't think it's a fire risk. I think it just caused the engine to stop while the vehicle is operating. Right. It, 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 the main condition that they found is a stalling, usually while driving at higher speeds. Uh, Toyota is still trying to get the 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 bugs worked out to figure yeah. out what the what the repair is going to be on that. Yeah. That one is still an interim phase. I tell Mary uh, um, for anything that she wants to know about all recalls, and Rick normally reminds us of this, safercar.gov. Go to www.safercar.gov. Put your VIN number in, and it tells you everything you want to know about any recall uh, your car needs and whether parts are available or not. That's not a, a bad website to check before you go car shopping, especially for used cars. You don't have to have a VIN number. You can just go to Make of Car, and they will tell you for Ford or Honda or Subaru, whatever you want to buy, all the recalls out there outstanding, and if parts are available. If you're buying a used car and you happen to buy a car that doesn't have a fix available, uh, you're in serious trouble, yeah. especially if it's a dangerous recall. Yeah, now here's why Rick didn't, and I didn't know about this because we are totally immersed in Toyota world. Uh, Lexus but not the Toyota models, um, did recall 115000 for a possible fuel cylinder, a leak, um, which could be an uh, a, a ignition problem. So, yeah. yeah. 2019, uh, 2020. I think uh, added to that list, if uh, my memory serves me well, is the uh, RAV4. Uh, n n not only the, uh, I believe, the uh, RAV4 hybrid also. So I uh, hope we answered your question and go to that website that Earl suggested. Uh, we have, uh, hmm, let's see here what we have. We have Frank from Jupiter. He's been on hold. Thank you, Frank. Good morning. Well, good morning to you guys. Hey, Frank. Um, I'm out here in Jupiter Farms, and I was going to, I always like listening to you guys on Saturday morning, but um, this morning I had to take a phone call from Comcast. And uh, it was almost like a, it, we'll see where it's going to go to in a moment. I haven't had any TV, any internet, any anything for over a day. And mm. it's just, it's been horrible. And I hate Comcast, but I got the most delivered <laughs> person um, that was actually in the car business way back when. And for about an hour, we've been talking about cars. His um, father-in-law, I guess, had a Pontiac dealership up in Orlando. Wow. Um, Mac um, I remember you were in Pontiacs at one time, Earl. And then also yeah. he went to he was a he was a service manager for them, and he said, you know, back in those days, how it was, you had about forty or fifty people with parts and everything. And things about your guys, your service guy there, and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and he went over to Titusville and got in a Chrysler Plymouth dealership over there. By the time NASA you know, was starting to crank up and all, and um, then he started talking about floor plans the cars like the banks actually own the cars you get interest on them and how many cars and i go this it sounded like i had earl stewart about cars but <laughs> and i said you know it was, um, it was like really a cool thing down memory lane about the cars and trucks and, yeah. and everything else and so um 
you, did you know anyone up in Orlando, any of the dealers way back in the uh, I knew a guy named Dennis McNamara that was a uh, Pontiac dealer in Orlando many, many years ago. I don't, uh, I don't know all of them from up there, but uh, he was... Yeah, that uh, was him, Dennis McNamara. He came down, I guess, from Chicago with a bunch of money and got a dealership. Yeah. Yeah, there were... Uh, uh, that was a, a different day, and the, the dealers kind of knew each other. Today, we don't know each other that much, but I guess there were fewer dealers, and we seemed to get together more, and you knew dealers from all over the country. Uh, and now we have such a proliferation of makes and brands of cars and dealerships that it's not as personal as it used to be. Yeah, no, it was, um, and it actually seems like I got to cut cable, so they're going to have someone come out, you know, sometime tomorrow, but, um. Good luck it with was, that. I just went through it. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing too. My daughter's down here from, from college because they, they shut down, and um, they need to get on the internet. And she said there there's forecasts, and the internet's going to be crashing because we've got millions and millions of people on the internet that you never had before. You know. So. I heard that. I that's a scary thing. I mean, I think I'd be rather worth. I'd rather be without most anything than the internet. I mean. If you stop and think what a vital part of our lives it is today, communication, everything. But uh, I hope she's wrong about that. Yeah. Well, I do too because I mean it's kind of in one way you know, with this virus thing. I'm kind of more or less hunkered down, although it's hard to imagine mm-hmm. to do that. But I've been employed my whole life. You usually hunker down for a hurricane, <laughs> and that was a day or so. But yeah, that was the silver lining to the whole coronavirus thing. At least we get kept our power and internet. Yeah. But. Uh, in your case, sorry about that. You know what my family did last night? We played Clue at the dinner table. Wow. Board game. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> no plugs. The kids and I lived doing that in the <laughs> evening. Nancy and I streamed, uh, streamed Netflix, so we were we got to have the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is I had chickens. Um, I'm a sentinel station for the county. We come and check their blood for malaria and cephalitis, oh. like the canary in the coal mine. That's cool. So we always have eggs. But you can't believe all the people now call me up for eggs. Uh, <laughs> so because you can't get eggs. Huh? Yeah. You can't. You can't Crazy. Get you can't well, the chickens are still laying the eggs, but they're buying them up too fast. It's kind of like toilet exactly. paper. You know, right. there's, there's a steady supply of toilet paper and eggs, but the hoarders are out there. You know, beating down the door at Costco and Publix at 7 a.m. Yeah. and taking all the eggs and toilet paper. Yeah. I tackled an old lady at Whole Foods, grabbed her eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I love making my own hard-boiled <laughs> eggs. And boy, oh boy, oh God, where are the eggs? Stew, you did f- what? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find Frank's house. <laughs> yeah, Frank, I'm going to be knocking on your door to get a couple of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reverse look, look up your phone and find your eggs. <laughs> The one lady came and I said, the eggs are now $10 a dozen. She said, I don't care. I'll buy them. Oh, boy. <laughs> Price gouging no, the eggs. Bad. Watch out. <laughs> anyway, um, you have a great show. But it was really neat listening to Thanks, you know, um, some patriots. From the Thanks. Good luck with Comcast. Yeah. You're going to need it. Yes. Stay safe. <laughs> it was great hearing from you. Enjoy your eggs. <laughs> great hearing from well, you. Well, here, hang, on, hang on. Here's my last thing. The money I get from the from the eggs, uh-huh. it goes from my daughter's egg education fund. Ah, <laughs> rimshot. Bad pun. That's like Big Dog Ranch. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Bye bye. Thank you. Give us a call, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I haven't heard any of your anonymous <laughs> feedback. We, we have a few more, but I do want to say that I was roundly defeated by my 
12-year-old daughter and my other kids, I am terrible at Clue. So tonight, I'm, if they're, they're not listening, they're probably still asleep. Um, I'm going to go on the Internet and I'm going to find strategies to win Clue. And then tonight, I'm bringing the pain. The butler yeah. did it in the living room with a hammer. Well, like, like Colonel Mustard did it in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. I was great at that game. And, uh, you know, my girls and I back in the 60s and 70s, there wasn't a night that didn't go by that we didn't play a board game. Yeah. That was the thing to do. So we're doing it. We're back to those times. It's really nice. Yeah. All right, we got a text from Anne Marie. Okay. Uh, she says, good morning. Welcome back, Nancy. Oh, thank um, you, Anne Marie. Earl brought up a good point. People buy cars and don't know what the different buttons do. Could you possibly do some videos on what the different buttons do and then post them on YouTube? I can tell Amory is someone of a Luddite. She's referring to the buttons, but that's okay. Uh, what are the, and put, that, put these videos on YouTube, uh, such as how to connect your phone uh, with your new Toyota or this is how your trip odometer works, etc. Uh, these pointers are brought to you uh, by Earl Stroke Toyota. It would be a two-four. Uh, public gets informa- information and you get advertising. Um, we do that, and uh, you can find that not just from our you know, dealership, but and most dealerships do that. Um, if you go to um, our YouTube channel, which would be youtube.com slash forward slash Earl Stewart Toyota, um, or just go to youtube.com forward slash Toyota, because Toyota does them too, all these informational videos. As a matter of fact, we're currently redoing the, the brand new, uh, the, the newer models right now, and so those will be put up on there. So YouTube, basically, anytime you want to know how to do anything, go to YouTube. There's always an instructional video. You're absolutely right. It yeah. is the the problem is it's like with Google. We have that. to train our minds as uh, people that have been around before Google and and uh, YouTube, and you know our, we're in the habit of uh, asking something or saying, "Well, I just don't know the answer." All answers are available to he who uses Google and YouTube. And I found YouTube videos on the most obscure, strange things yeah. that you would. And they're not all good. But usually they're pretty good. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, the, we don't even have to have this radio show. I've said this before. If everybody knew how to use Google and YouTube, you wouldn't need Earl on cars. Yeah. All YouTube's answers. great. Yeah. I love watching surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you know, Anne Marie <laughs> reminded me because I thought we didn't have the answer, and then Stu said we did, which we do. But. Uh, People call and they ask for things, and we say, okay, we're going to do this. We had an anonymous feedback that said we should keep a, a spreadsheet on this, and and I'm going to designate Stu as the spreadsheet. I, I already declined that, that yeah. directly. <laughs> we will keep a log of commitments we make. Sometimes we remember, sometimes we don't. But we have good, the best of intentions. You know, the log and, is right there, that little rocket book you got there. Yeah, yeah. Just Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm the ranking member of Rural on Cars, so I'm delegating that. But no, it's, a, it's a valid response. And I've had other people say, and I've actually been embarrassed, people say, well, did you do that? And we forgot. You know, Rick has done a lot of road testing and, and you know, hands-on experiments and things. And he's done most of the ones, but I think we forgot once or twice. We've got one in progress right now. Uh, yeah. The clear tint film on headlights. Right, exactly. I've got one headlight covered and one not, and we're going to... Yeah. It, this one's going to be a work in progress. This is going to take several months to give it time to really yeah. evaluate, but yeah. Well, we have all the answers. We either know them here in this studio, or we find them on Google fast enough, or we do research and we come back, and now we have a research log that we will be keeping. All right, we got a text that says they took a road t- trip from Juneau Beach to the Blue Ridge Parkway in the, 19- in the 1990s in a two-speed Corona with four big guys 
and a ton of camping gear. We had to get out and push on a few st- steep side ro- roads. <laughs> wow. And we're talking about the Toyota Corona. Corona, yeah. In the time of coronavirus, yeah. exactly. Um, Earl, recently I was walking and listening to an old show of yours on YouTube. You made an alarming statement. You said the Jeep was a dangerous and unreliable automobile. Oh, jeez. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, my 56-year-old daughter drives a 2006 Jeep, Army-looking, which she purchased new and has between 30 and 40,000 miles on it. She is a slow and careful driver. She has, ha- she has hardly had any mechanical problems with it mm-hmm. and no accidents, but has taken it to, to, to body shops three times and had between three and $4,000 worth of work on the car because of rust and rust consequences. Mm-hmm. Could you enumerate those items that you know make it unreliable and please specifically, very specifically, enumerate those items that you think make it dangerous. Thank you, Joe. Well, let me say this about the Jeep. Uh, and say, when I use the word unsafe or safe or reliable or unreliable, I'm always cons- uh, quoting Consumer Reports. So you can go to consumerreports.org uh, and you can Google um, and click on Jeep reliability and they'll tell you exactly what's wrong with it. But you have to understand, that the most reliable vehicle in the world, let's say it's a Honda, I don't know what it is, Honda model, and the most unreliable might be the Jeep. I'll just use those as hypotheticals. If you build 100,000 Jeeps, you're not gonna have 100,000 unsafe cars, the Jeeps or 100,000 unreliable. Of those 100,000, a higher percentage of Jeeps will be unsafe and a higher percentage of Jeeps will be on and cost you a lot more in maintenance, et cetera. Because even the the manufacturer of the worst car in the world, let's take Yugo. I think at the time it was the worst car in the world. I'll bet that there was one good Yugo. I mean they, they might have been built ten million Yugos, but there might have been one good one. Mm-hmm. So it's a percentage There's still three still driving on the road. it's a percentage game and i'm glad your daughter has a good jeep there are good jeeps out there but many of them i would say probably most of them over 50 percent are not good values they are not as safe as their competition and they also are cost more to maintain and repair and insure rick and the number one reason why they're unsafe is the loose nut behind the wheel well, that's true. Well, I'll t- here, I'm going to give you something. I'll just say this. I'm going I'm to shoot from the hip on this. If you're driving a Jeep and, you have n- and you're in an open Jeep, you've seen them, with no roof, no sides, and all you got is your seatbelt on. Math. I mean, you're, just you're use your common sense. sense. I mean, if you're in an accident in a Jeep and you roll over a few times, I mean, put me in a four-door sedan compared to a Jeep. Put me in an electric Hummer. Yeah, and there are Jeeps I know that have the roof and have the size, but <laughs> you see these Jeep, what do they call them, the Jeep something or others? They got the Rubicons, they got the Wranglers, yeah. they got yeah. The, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, there is, by the way, to answer the question, go to, go to nhtsa.gov. Um, they have a lot of t- uh, safety ratings there, and also the IIHS has safety ratings. The Jeep Wranglers do get mixed safety ratings. It's just a fact. You can find all that in line for the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just uh, Google Jeep safety ratings, you'll find all the different testing mm-hmm. on it. One of my favorite yeah. things on YouTube is watching the videos of people doing rock crawling with their Jeeps, and they literally are driving up boulders and rocks that I couldn't climb up. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, go to our mystery shopping report, and we want to to ask you to be part of the scoring. 
we're going to put our, car, our uh, calls on hold. And uh, before we do that, I believe that uh, Rick may have a YouTube. I got uh, two quick ones here. Uh, MAV is asking, hi, team. Considering the current economic situation, do you think it would be best to wait on buying a new car? Will discounts be better in the next few months? Thank you, and welcome back, Nancy. And I believe Stu actually had just addressed I, this. I would say that a little bit earlier. I would say wait, see what's coming. And the other thing, just a little bit more seriously, is um, you know for the economy. I mean, you make sure that it's you're, nine thirty-eight, gentlemen. Well, you know, yeah. like just just read a little faster. Yeah. Worry about your own job. Yeah. And the other quick one is. Good morning, Mr. Stewart. I was just wondering, how did you decide to sell Toyotas as your main brand at your dealership? I was lucky enough to buy a Toyota dealership in 1975, and uh, when it wasn't that popular a vehicle, and uh, it turned out to be a better vehicle than I thought it was going to be, and it's uh, it's all luck. Okay, let's get to the mystery shopping report, and uh, if we have time after the mystery shopping report, we'll get back to uh, the YouTubes and the text that we have or maybe even a call but uh, let's get with mystery shop of a Rego Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Fort Pierce and uh, for those of you who have the video or YouTube uh, you'll recognize that face right there and that is the owner of a Rego Dodge Jeep Chrysler Ram Johnny Johnny and there's also a brother Jimmy uh, some of our best car commercials on television in the last 20 years, and by that I mean entertaining, have been brought to us by the Arrigo brothers, and they truly are. Uh, Jim and John Arrigo produce quality, polished, and very funny ads. They're natural in front of the camera. Older brother Jim, he's plays a straight guy, and the sillier younger brother Johnny. Uh, entertaining car commercials are a part of the Arrigo family history. You know, it's not easy to be funny on TV. And if you fail, it's embarrassing. But they do. You have to be, there's a certain beyond ridiculous that you can go to to actually be entertaining. And they are. I mean, I'll stop what I'm doing to watch an Arrigo car commercial. They are entertaining. Uh, in the 1990s, Jim and his dad, Joe, put on Arrigo Dodge on the map with hilarious radio ads that featured celebrity impressionists. Uh, uh, you can't forget those. Uh, spots featured famous people like Bill Clinton, Eddie Murphy, uh, listeners, come on Arnold down. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I forgot about that yeah. one. Anyway, with this in mind, it was a real treat to catch their latest TV ad the other day. It was a college bas it was a college basketball March Madness sort of a theme. March Madness has been canceled, of, of course. course. And it featured Jim and John seated at an announcer's desk like network sportcasters. John tells him that there's more to March and then basketball and spring training, he has cars and trucks streaming out of his ears. I didn't like that that much, but it was kind of, but it was, the idea was good, but oh, yeah. the visual effect wasn't as good as it could have been. We see computer-generated images of vehicles streaming out of John's ears while he mugs and plays the comic for the camera. Actually, I think it was Jim. I got him mixed up. Okay, well, Jim, John, you know. And an announcer is heard proclaiming that a Regal overstocked and the viewer can get $15,000 off new Rams. Now, have you ever known a car dealer that wasn't overstocked? All car dealers are overstocked. They're all slashing their prices all the time. But when you do it in comedy, it's not offensive. When you do it in serious, direct thing, it's offensive. So he's found that magic uh, spot in advertising to have a uh, endearing commercial because of the comedy, and you watch it. And that's what all car dealers want is you to watch the commercial. 
If you turn it off, you're wasting your money. Uh, an announcer he has heard uh, proclaiming, uh, I just said that, we paused the playback, okay, to study what was on the screen. The first thing we noticed that the small up to just before the colossal $15,000. And up to is like virtual or almost or. It's what you mutter before you say it's something what you good. Mean, yeah. Up to. That means, $15,000. That means that there's one car that may or may not exist that has that big a discount on it. <laughs> then we studied the fine print. Fine print, which is incidentally impossible to read unless you record it and pause it like we did. And who does that? Nobody. I mean, you can't do I it. Do. Really. You got to be. Me and Jonathan do yeah. that. <laughs> uh, please note that this uh, commercial is 15 seconds long. There's no way. We're reading this fine print and just right. couldn't even read it. Start the stopwatch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Read> it. <laughs> exactly. So we talked earlier about why these rules were violated and why somebody didn't arrest these people or fine these people. And we talked about the power, the financial power of the automotive lobby. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission says that you cannot advertise a price or payment that has a disclosure that modifies the price or payment that is not clearly and con conspicuously displayed near the price. And so that's a federal law that's violated every day. Yeah, take it to the logical stream. $15,000 off, fine print, not yeah. really. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. So here's the fine print, which you can't read in 15 seconds. And we saw this on the 15 second commercial. Subject to prior sale, amounts may vary. That's a good one. On select, <laughs> on select stock vehicles, plus, Tax tag, title, dealer fees, installed options, I circle that. $799 dealer fee, which is by the way, not what they call it in their in their on their buyer's order, and all applicable fees. All discounts, rebates, incentives applied to dealer include conquest slash loyalty. Must qualify. So you gotta qualify for all these. Other qualifications may be required. <laughs> you must qualify, and you might have to qualify Other, again. I mean, yeah, you're not wearing red pants. I qualify. Well, yeah, well you, you don't not, qualify for this. You're not wearing red pants. You don't right. qualify. Offer for well-qualified customers. <laughs> not all customers will qualify. Sorry. I mean, I never read the word qualify yeah. so many times in one paragraph. Exactly. See dealer for details. Yeah. I, I would like to walk in. Well, next mystery shopping report, we'll walk in and say, we want to hear the details. The details are you don't qualify. And you'll say, what details? <laughs> well, the details are said I'm supposed to ask you about. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, footage slash images for illustration purposes only. Duh. Yeah, you could be advertising Hondas. And uh, right. varying model <laughs> may be shown. It's a delicious hamburger. No, yeah. that's a Dodge Ram. So the, the fine print says, basically, we can lie, cheat, and steal all we want. And we've disclosed that fact. So we're, we're off the hook. So what does all that even mean? Well, spoiler alert, it means you're not getting $15,000 off anything. And we have our website that you can look at this on, aintgonnahappen.com. Yeah. I bought that URL website just because I like the way it sounded. It's he funny. And now we're having it. to. He loves it. Yeah, say it again. Happen. I say it to Nancy all the time. She'll say, are you going to wash the dishes? I say, aintgonnahappen.com. Yeah. We, we have time for a 15-second commercial spot? We can yeah. play it right now. Oh, absolutely. I forgot yeah. about that. Want to roll, roll, the, yeah. roll the video? Yeah. Oh, is, uh, hey, stay tuned. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, you got to watch this. Yeah, this is going to be the commercial that we're talking Love about. It. There's more to March than basketball spring training. What? I've got cars and trucks coming out of my ears. Whoa! 
Up two. Up two. Up two. Hey, play. Can we play that again? I just like the audio. Is it gonna take you long to? What? Your ears. Up to. Up to. Fifteen thousand. So we sent Agent Thunder in to investigate. Um, it was kind of like a formality. I mean, we, yeah, we knew, knew how this. Yeah, we were pretty sure that we knew how this would end. But of course, we sent him in, uh, and this is his story. Okay. I'm speaking in first person like I was Agent Thunder. It wasn't very busy at a Rigo Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Fort Pierce, therefore referred to, uh, referred to as a Rigo Dodge previously. Uh, all car dealerships are not as busy as they used to be because uh, this is during the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic, and uh, hopefully when we do a rerun, we won't rerun this show later, and the pandemic will be all over, and everybody will have forgotten about it by then. I was greeted by a salesman named Crow. <laughs> Sorry. Crow. Is that like Dur- during the coronavirus? It's Crow. Almost, yeah. I thought maybe Crow Magnon. That's what I thought actually, yeah. as an anthropologist. Yeah, Crow. Yeah. Crow kept his CRO. Crow kept his distance and seemed relieved to notice I was keeping mine. We sort of waved elbows at each other, not touching. You know the Corona bump. We talked about what brought me in. I told him I owned a coffee company, I like that, and needed a pickup truck uh, to haul roasting equipment. I said I saw the ad for $15,000 off, and I had to see if it was for real. Crow, uh, I was thinking, see, I, I keep thinking of the crow. I'm trying to think what's that short for. I don't know. We should have asked. Cornelius? Crow got me off the ad truck right away. I mean, this guy was a pro. And you'll see, and this is what we tell salespeople when they take control. You have to control the customer. He said they had a great deal on trucks, and he would totally hook me up with a great deal. But the ad price would require all the rebates. So right away, he got me off. And the theory is, and this guy is a professional, theory is you face it up front. And if you're going to have somebody that insists on being treated honestly and fairly, he'll just let go home. And you get somebody else that will be a sucker that won't be treated. I had a salesman in that morning. They said, get him off the ad right away. And get him off the ad. Um, he would be able to, to get them all. He added there was only two trucks that would work on. And so he's saying, let me show you something. It won't be as good as we advertise, but I'll find you something that will be good. And Agent Thunder just nodded, so here we I'll go. I'll make you happy. I'll make you happy. I began to protest, but Crow was already talking about the other trucks. He had how to be happy with the discounts Rico was offering, so he had the control. Rather than fight with him, I let him lead me outside to see the trucks. We stopped at the head of a long row of white Dodge Rams. Yes, all white. I figured since I was pretending to buy a work truck, I wouldn't complain to Crow about this. White is also the most popular color. And you're not going to... People say, I don't want a blue car, I don't want a green car, but... You can sell somebody a white car because it's not offensive to anybody. White cars. No, right? and, and a lot of commercial and business trucks are just yeah. white. Okay. Uh, he asked me what uh, I needed in a truck. I said bed size and payload were most important. I needed 1,000 pounds to 1,500 pounds payload capacity and a six-foot bed capacity and two-wheel drive. Crow led me to a Ram 1500 Tradesman Watcat. Now, we're talking about... Arrigo Dodge Jeep Ram in Fort Pierce, okay? He just tuned in. Um, 
Okay. Quad cab. Quad cab, $35,790, and there was no addendum. That's a plus. There was no phony Monroney, just the MSRP on the window. Crow led me to a Ram 1500 Tradesman quad cab. I just said that. On the windshield, there was a big sticker that read, yes, it's new. It's cute. Then a big 24995 I asked if that was the price. Crow said it was the best price. It was the price after the discounts and rebate. It didn't include tax and fees, okay? Fees is the magic word there. Uh, there are real fees and there are phony fees. This just says all fees. Crow said it was for a six foot, four inch bed with a 1700 payload capacity, 5.7 liter V8 two wheel drive. I said it was perfect. Crow went on to give a thorough presentation. He was a truck expert. He asked me if I wanted to go on a test drive, but I declined and said that I wanted to bring my partner back in later that afternoon. He'd be the one doing most of the driving. We made our way back inside and Crow explained to me why they were discounting this truck so much. He said they have too many carryover 2019 models. The manufacturer has huge rebates and the Rigos are known for their crazy discounts. <laughs> well, they are known and they're known for crazy TV commercials. Yeah. I like that. Back at the desk, we went through the usual routine. He gathered information about me, put it into his computer, then he went to his worksheet. The MSRP was listed on top, 35,970. In ballpoint pen, he wrote a Rigo discount, 4225. My sale price was 31745 Pre-printed on the worksheet was a $799.95 pre-delivery service fee and the $159.95 electronic filing registration fee. So there, were, there was not a dealer fee. There were dealer fees, plural, and neither one of them were called the dealer fee, which was in the name and the disclosure, the fine print but they were called pre-delivery service fee and electronic registration filing fee to confuse the buyer and to slip it by the buyer. Next case, legitimate fees and sales tax. Below the subtotal, you talk of another $6,750 factory rebate, total out the door $28,473. The total discount off MSRP was $10,975. That's a, that's a pretty good discount, but this was reduced to 10,015 after factoring the hidden fees. 10,015 is still Pretty not big. too shabby. I said, Crow, I'll be back with my partner in a couple hours. Let us summarize. As we guessed, it was, there was no $15,000 discount for Agent Thunder. It was bait and switch, but he was given a pretty good deal on a truck that he picked out. With the help of the big Chrysler rebate, Rigo didn't have to work too hard to come up with that price. 4225 Rigo discount was actually about 3200 when you add the pre-delivery and the electronic registration, which, as I said, are both dealer fees and the generic. That's what they call these names by anything the dealer choose to call it. The TV ad was definitely bait and switch, but not quite so bad as we've seen recently. The, the question is, does Crow get credit or condemnation for addressing the ruse right up front? So we'll leave it up to you, the audience. We've got time to hear some votes, I think. Yeah. Yes, we do. And uh, we have to remember we're grading on the curve here. Uh, this is not absolute fail or, or pass. We grade on the curve. Um, the grades that I got so far, I have Janie with an F, 
Bob with a C minus, Martin with a D, May with an F, and Alan with a C. So the grades are a little bit more varied than we usually yeah. see. I think yeah. it's a little uh, ambiguous here. I'm going to go ahead and pass them with a with a D plus. Um, I'm not sure if Crow gets credit um, for addressing. I think that's a sales technique. I don't think he was necessarily, you know, trying to expunge his uh, his soul or yeah. come clean. I think he just wanted to avoid a conflict. Um, but I, I bet he sells a lot of cars. I just have the yeah. feeling he was a real pro. Yeah. been in the business a long time, and I hate to say it, but controlling is something that you need to do in sale. Real estate people do, refrigerator salespeople do. You have to control the procedure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll pass them. What do you guys think? Uh, I've got uh, Mark Smith with a D minus, Frank, of course, with a D, Mr. Hand with a B. Mr. Hand. And <laughs> I'm going to give him a. I, uh, M. Av just came in with a D minus and says, why not just advertise the real deal? Why bother with the bait and switch? Well, because and, people won't come in. Well, 10000 off would be <laughs> a pretty good draw. Yeah. Yeah. They did it, you know. They did give him ten grand. I'm going to give him a C because yeah. you know it's, it's based on game. yeah it's based on what your competition does. The reason for the terrible yeah, business which yeah, advertising yeah. is you have to have a lower price than your competition. I'll bet you that Napleton Chrysler G Dodge is somebody is advertising ten thousand off. Oh, so you advertise fifteen thousand. Roger off. Dean Chevrolet yeah. seventeen thousand off. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's a domino effect, and you feel like you have to outlie your competition. It's an arms race, Nancy. Uh, I'm going to give them a, a D, a a D, D. minus. It's a, a perfect uh, bait and switch. I'm not real happy with it. Uh, we're going to take a look at that video and uh, sweeten the pot. Yeah, I would say uh, I'm going to give them a C, and uh, I think that I think that it, I almost want to give them a B. We had one B over oh. here. Uh, I think that if Arigo is in fact offering legitimate discounts to his exaggerated discounts, uh, that's a, almost a B. Mitigating factor. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how good that price is, so I'll just drop him down to a C, but he'll be on our it's recommended list. I did check it out on TrueCar. I couldn't see an actual price, but I could see the average, uh -huh. and it's pretty good. I'm going to give him a B then. Uh, to be true to the curve, we have to differentiate a little better. On our log, uh, Mr. Logman over here, Remember, we said we're going to start grading a long time ago on a numerical, so when we have our recommended list, we can have the better dealers at the top and the, even on the recommended list so you can differentiate, not just pass or fail. I've also got uh, Mark Ryan with a D and Karen with a C-. Mm -hmm. I think we have better grades here than we've had a long time. Yeah, yeah there's a, quite a potpourri of them. Everyone oh. feels a different way. Okay, uh, we've come uh, almost to the end of the show. Do we have time for another text or anonymous feedback? Uh, yeah, I can get some anonymous feedback here. Um, not really car related, but um, spend more time cleaning fingernails than the end of your fingers and don't touch your face. This tip was given to Echolab employees meeting yesterday. Echolab is involved providing cleaning and disinfecting hospitals and years of experience. I'll say that again. Spend more time cleaning your fingernails and the end of your fingers. Interesting. And don't touch your face. 
That's very interesting because I just kept doing my whole. Well, I know I'm not supposed to touch my face. Man. I watched that Vietnamese commercial and they show you doing this, like get your fingers. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, one other car related one. Earl, your dealerships must go through thousands of tire replacements. What do you do with all the old tires? They are disposed of in an environmental friendly manner, and some of them are. Um, you know, ground up and used for road surfacing and other purposes, but the profit margin apparently is so narrow, we tried to sell them directly to the people that use them on the roads, but the cost of transporting the tires was prohibitive, and the nearest place that uh, car tires are recycled, I believe, is in Alabama. So maybe there's an opportunity for somebody out there that wants to get into the tire recycling business. You might be able to compete because you have less cost in transportation. But tires are, are uh, I have to dispose of my tires in a proper manner. Otherwise, I get fined. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much, all of you folks out there, for watching us on Earl on Cars. And just remember, you can get all this information and more by going to EarlOnCars.com. That's the blog. And through the blog, EarlOnCars.com, you can... You can listen to our archives uh, on our mystery shopping reports, podcast on all of our old shows, and everything we've said over all these years is available at EarlOnCars.com. Have a fantastic weekend. Uh, stay safe and uh, keep a positive attitude. Tune back in next week from 8 to 10 Saturday. We'll be here. Come rain, come shine, come coronavirus. Have a bye great bye, everybody. weekend.